This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. tell you, I have been uh, looking at the case of Julian Assange for the last few years now, and just uh, on the one hand, totally disgusted, and on the other hand, in total disbelief. And the decision by the UK Home Secretary to extradite Julian Assange to face trial and a possible life sentence in the United States, to me, is just staggering. And the fact that um, we are giving him uh, a trial for this and criminal charges instead of journalism awards for the work that he's been doing for WikiLeaks is even beyond staggering. But here's the really interesting thing to me. Everybody knows who Julian Assange is. Everybody. You walk down the street. That's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, There was a book that I read that called this Three Breakfast Polling where you just go to breakfast at three different diners and eavesdrop on what people are saying. And if you did that over the last week or so, you'd hear quite a bit of conversations about Julian Assange. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows what WikiLeaks was. But the people that I talk to, they have almost no understanding of why Julian Assange is being charged to begin with. And the people that love him, the people that hate him, I go up and I'll say, hey, by the way, why is Julian Assange being tried or being prosecuted? And they think, well, I think it has something to do with this. I think it has something to do with uh, hacking the DNC. No, 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 it doesn't. Well, uh, well what is it again? I, I know I don't like it, but well, what is it? So um, I thought we might use this opportunity uh, to help you understand a bit about what's happening with Julian Assange's case and why what the government is doing, both the government of the United States and the government of the U.K., is so egregious and it's so unprecedented, quite frankly. And uh, the man that I'm very honored to have join us is Gabriel Shipton. He is a filmmaker and the uh, brother of Julian Assange, uh, joining us live from Germany this morning. Gabriel, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Thanks for having me, Frank. Uh, so are you, and, uh, are you and your brother Julian close? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we... Um... Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yeah, I speak to him every now and again from from the prison. And um, last time I saw him was on his wedding day when he married his wife Stella in the prison on, on the twenty third of uh, March. And and I'll go and see him again next week. 
terrific. So it's not a situation where you're guessing as to the status of his mindset or his motivations because you guys are estranged and haven't haven't spoken in 15 years. You guys are reasonably close as as any two siblings might be. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gabriel, can you explain to our audience what exactly Julian is charged with? Well, Frank, I mean, he's, he's charged with uh, sourcing and publishing uh, classified information. That he's basically charged with what journalists do, what good journalists do um, every day. And what is his legal status now? What is the fact that the UK Home Secretary has approved uh, his extradition to the United States? What does that actually mean? When is he likely to be here? What are the next steps in his prosecution? What's his status right now? Uh, so the UK Home Secretary signed off on his extradition on uh, last Friday. Uh, so uh, at the moment now, that's the highest levels of the UK government. Uh, the highest levels of the UK judiciary have all uh, sided with the US DOJ, saying that um, Julian Trudeau, Julian is an Australian uh, citizen, um, charged <laughs> with uh, the, he's being charged with espionage uh, by the US DOJ, and he did. Uh, he's charged with espionage by the US DOJ, and he's been extradited from. Uh, the UK. He has one chance, uh, one more chance to appeal to the UK High Court, uh, and he has another seven days to lodge uh, that appeal application. Uh, but we are, you know, doubtful that that application will go ahead because, um, you know, the Lord Chief Justice has already ruled against Julian in this case. So that's the highest um, judge in England and Wales. So it's uh, very unlikely that the High Court will accept an appeal but there's all this new evidence that um has come come to light since uh since julian's extradition hearing um at the end of 2020 there's evidence that the cia was recording julian's meetings with his lawyers in the embassy uh and also uh, meetings with his doctors when while he was in the ecuadorian embassy where he was for seven years um, there was also uh, plots uh, to kidnap Julian uh, that emanated from the CIA and went all the way to the White House, and also plots to murder Julian. And this was all sort of confirmed. This was all confirmed in a Yahoo News uh, investigation, a six thousand word, uh, a six thousand word investigation done by three reporters in Washington D.C. that uh, that um, had thirty former and current intelligence community sources uh, confirm uh, these uh, spying on Julian's lawyers and these plots uh, to kidnap and murder Julian. So that's new evidence that will be uh, that will be in the appeal application. Also, one of the key witnesses of the U.S. indictment uh, has recanted his witness statement. So mm-hmm. a Icelandic witness... Uh, has has uh, recanted his statement. So this is all new evidence that you know should ordinarily would be enough uh, to have this thrown out of court. But um, in Julian's case, 
the UK is very, very eager to extradite him to the to the US. So we expect he'll be extradited in in the next three months or so. Uh, we're talking with Gabriel Shipton. He's a film producer and the brother of Julian Assange, who uh, is now likely to be extradited to the United States to face charges under the Espionage Act. Uh, Gabriel, you alluded to the story that came out that uh, under a Republican administration, Donald Trump, at the time that Mike Pompeo was the CIA director, was um, Pompeo was involved with some sort of plot to kidnap Assange. Now, um, it's not just Republicans that are hostile to, to Julian. Democratic administrations have been as well. Hillary Clinton said, I think, at the time that she was Secretary of State, can't we just drone him? Now, you have a Democratic Secretary of State and a Republican Secretary of State, one saying let's drone him, one saying let's kidnap him. Uh, serious question here, totally free of hyperbole. Are you and your family concerned about Julian's life if he were to be extradited to the United States? Yes, well, that's, that's why we're fighting this extradition, uh, you know, as hard as we can, because uh, there's both, both sides of uh, both sides of politics. Um, you know, people at the highest level of, you know, the State Department, also the CIA, have you know, expressed willingness to, you know, uh, kill Julian. So uh, we know that he won't be safe in a U.S. jail. Uh, that he 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 prob- most likely, uh, one way or another. Uh, you know, will end up dead if he's extradited to the U.S. So that's why we're fighting so hard. And I'm glad you brought up that quote from uh, from Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, just it just goes to show that the journalism that uh, Julian did, uh, you know, upset the the people in power. They, it, it upset, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton. It, it upset um, Mike Pompeo. And I think. Really, if you if you're not upsetting those in power with your journalism, uh, then uh, are you really doing journalism at all? And, and you know, it's uh, it's a a great point. Uh, it's a great point. And as as our audience knows, the United States doesn't exactly do the best job in keeping high profile prisoners alive. You could just ask Whitey Bulger or uh, Jeffrey Epstein how well we do in that department. Now, uh, has Julian ever been to the United States, as far as you're aware? Uh, yes, he has. I think he was there last in 2010 when they released uh, the what's called the collateral murder video, which is a video of an um, uh, Apache helicopter uh, gunning down two Reuters journalists and then uh, also gunning down the people who come to uh, rescue them. So that, that that was the last time he was in the U.S., you alluded to the uh, the fact that these charges are being brought, at least in part, under the Espionage Act. In the over 100-year history of the Espionage Act, as far as you're aware, has the United States ever used the Espionage Act for a prosecution in this manner? Have they ever gone after a journalist like, like Julian for the kind of thing that he's being charged with? Uh, no, uh, no, they haven't. I mean, usually it's used against uh, leakers. Uh, so that in the past, you know, 50 years, ever since um, the Pentagon Papers, when uh, Daniel Ellsberg was um, Daniel Ellsberg was prosecuted under the Espionage Act, uh, it's been used against leakers. Um, most recently, Daniel Hale, the uh, drone whistleblower, uh, 
um, you know, Chelsea Manning, who who is uh, the source of what um, Julian has been charged with uh, publishing. Uh, she was charged under the Espionage Act, but this is the first time it's ever been used against a uh, publisher. So this, you know, this is huge, dangerous uh, precedent uh, that has potentially been set uh, here with with this prosecution. And really, the, it's a sort of um, trying. It's a way to sort of control or turn the First Amendment into a, into a sort of walled garden. You know, you're, you're allowed freedom of speech as long as as long as you don't talk about um, you know things that we don't want you to talk about, like you know uh, national security reporting or, or, or something like that. Interestingly, um, Chelsea Manning, who uh, spent seven years in jail for leaking this information that Julian is charged with publishing, uh, is now free. She was commuted under Obama uh, in 2016. Um, she she has been um, you know living her life. Uh, normally for the past uh, six years or so. But Julian, the person who published the information, uh, is still is still in prison. He's been in prison for three years. Uh, before that, he was in the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years. Uh, before that, he was under house arrest. So his liberty has been taken away from him uh, for the last 13 years. Uh, some people will say, well, look, Julian did a lot more than just publish information that was sent to him. The Washington Post has done that. The New York Times has done that. Uh, Some people will say Julian went so far as to give instructions to Chelsea Manning as to how to access this information. And I think that's one of the counts that he's charged with is sort of uh, conspiracy. I don't know the, the exact terminology, but conspiracy to hack into a government server. Does that, I know you may not be an ex- objective source on this, but does that make this any worse than just a garden variety media outlet who might publish leaked information rather than help the leaker access that sensitive information? Well, see, uh, Frank, sorry, I'm going to have to correct you on please, that on please. that uh, particular charge. It's a computer intrusion uh, uh, charge. Uh, and uh, what what the allegation actually is is that uh, is that Julian uh, would uh, assist uh, Chelsea Manning to crack a password hash that would allow Chelsea Manning to hide her identity. Uh, she already had access to all the information uh, beforehand. She had unlimited access to the information. Uh, all all the allegation is is that uh, Julian assisted her uh, to attempt to crack this password hash. The allegation doesn't even say that they were successful. Uh, so uh, Julian did not assist her to um, to uh, steal or hack any of the information. It was solely, the allegation is, is solely that he assisted her to hide her identity, uh, which uh, which journalists do all the time, you know, who, which journalist wants to expose their source, right? Like they want to take precautions um, to uh, protect their source's identity. So this is another factor in this is that uh, what what is so concerning about this is is this is something that journalists do all the time. You know, they use encryption, uh, they use, um, you know, identifying, you know, like things that can um, hide people's identities uh, that 
to protect their sources. And, and what this is doing is saying, no, that's illegal. You can't actually protect your source. So this, this uh, charge is almost like a window dressing uh, of this, on this espionage. It allows people to say, oh, Julian is not a journalist. Uh, he's not a publisher. He's a hacker. But it's, it's um, you know, often confused, that, that charge, uh, because it's like a PR thing. To, to, to frame the whole uh, indictment, uh, where Julian is actually still, even though it's just he's just doing what journalists do uh, every day. Uh, let's remind people what exact uh, what exactly the information was that was exposed uh, by Julian Assange uh, publishing the information that Chelsea Manning sent him. What exactly did we learn? in the cables that uh, Chelsea Manning sent to Julian and that WikiLeaks published? We, we learn about the uh, war in Afghanistan, you know, how the, how the war was actually being fought, you know, and, and, and the war, also the war in Iraq, where there was, I think, 90,000 uh, civilian deaths that, um, you know, weren't reported. So we, so we, people learn about, um, you know, the military hiding these uh, types of uh, civilian deaths to try and sort of, I guess, make the war more palatable to uh, people back in the U.S. Uh, we also learned about uh, torture in Guantanamo Bay, uh, people being tortured there, you know, against the Geneva Convention. Um, we also learned uh, there was one particular cable uh, about the Iraq war, uh, it was about a group of soldiers who uh, killed a family in a house and then ordered an airstrike on, on that house uh, to uh, destroy the evidence. Now, the Iraqi government uh, found that cable, uh, saw that cable on WikiLeaks, uh, saw the reporting on that cable, and uh, the Iraqi government refused uh, to renew the Status of Forces Agreement. Uh, so they refused to... Uh, renew the uh, immunity that uh, U.S. soldiers enjoyed uh, in Iraq. And so the Obama administration had to pull out the troops uh, from Iraq. So, you know, these these cables had a, uh, these cables and releases uh, had a huge impact, you know, not, not just on people in, in the Middle East, but also on service people who were being sent to these, uh, these sort of endless wars, um, you know, that, that the mm. public wasn't really aware of. Of what I, what was actually going on? Uh, James Lewis, a uh, prosecutor that um, <clears throat> that worked for the Department of uh, Justice, he said that uh, by publishing these cables and other information, Julian actually helped put people's lives at risk. Uh, any truth to that, in your view? Well, I mean, it, it all, you should also. James Lewis has admitted that uh, no one was harmed. Uh, by the release of these uh, documents. Uh, also, in Chelsea Manning's trial, uh, the military also admitted that there was no, they could not find anybody who was harmed uh, from the release of these documents. So this is another sort of um, mis- misnomer around this case, um, that, that, that nobody, no, there, there was nobody that was actually harmed from these documents. Actually, this document, these release of these documents uh, saved lives. They saved soldiers' lives, soldiers who were being sent uh, to war in Iraq. Uh, that, that, that war uh, basically ended because of these releases. 
if this prosecution goes forward and there is ultimately a guilty verdict, what are the implications for journalism in the future and for free speech in the future in the United States if it can be criminalized in the manner that it is against Julian? Well, I, I mean, it's, it'll just there'll be no national security reporting. Um, you know, the government will be able to um, you know, act with imp- impunity when it comes to um, you know national security. We, people won't just they won't just people will have no idea what's going on because uh, there is no press to be able to keep the government uh, to account. One interesting uh, charge. One of the 17 charges of the Espionage Act is actually for solely for uh, possessing classified information. So this uh, is every single newsroom in, I would imagine, every decent newsroom uh, in the USA would have some piece of classified information uh, in it. So this is sort of like this charge could be turned around and, and used again. Uh, any newsroom that possesses potentially possesses uh, classified information. So, um, you ask any journalist that uh, have they ever ha- have they ever possessed a piece of classified information, and most of them will say yes. So it's this incredibly um, incredibly dangerous precedent that will uh, you know basically silence um, national security uh, national security reporting, not only in the U.S. but also ac- across the globe because. Uh, now you can be extradited from uh, basically anywhere. You know, if, if, if say someone in the UK publishes something, or uh, someone uh, you know in Australia or, or Germany, for instance, uh, they could potentially be extradited to the US, to the US uh, for that reporting. Uh, something that's also overlooked is that uh, now. <laughs> Uh, the pre- President Biden and, and Secretary Blinken, they, they uh, uh, are encouraging states like China, states like Russia, um, to be more fair to their journalists, mm. um, to, uh, you know, have higher press freedom protections. And uh, <laughs> China uh, loves saying, well, who are you to lecture right. us? You know, well, yeah, take a look in the mirror. Sure. Yeah, and publish uh, in prison. So you sort of lose the moral high ground with this with this um, prosecution. Um, you know, the Russian ambassador, when when he was asked uh, about his press, about his country's press freedom record in in the UK, uh, he brought up Julian Assange, and it's 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 just become a thing now. Every every single authoritarian regime around the world will, will start saying, "Well, who are you to lecture us?" Because uh, you have a journalist and a publisher in prison uh, for reporting on uh, mm. national security. Can you give us an idea of the conditions in which Julian is being held? You indicated that there was a wedding a couple of months ago that took place in prison. A lot of people may think that means the conditions are, are pretty good. How are the conditions that he's facing on a, on a day-to-day basis and, to the best of your knowledge, the conditions that he's dealing with now? Well, I mean, Julian's in a maximum security prison. Uh, he's been there um, three over three years now. Uh, he's not he's not serving a sentence. Uh, he's um, you know an innocent man. He's solely been held uh, in a prison at the request of the US DOJ. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a maximum security prison. It holds. They call it uh, they call it um, Britain's Guantanamo Bay because it holds. 
uh, all, all um, the worst British uh, terrorist people who have been convicted of terrorism. And so you can imagine that it's not a very nice, uh, nice place, mm. uh, particularly for an unconvicted, uh, an unconvicted innocent uh, publisher. So the conditions are not good. Uh, we, but they are, they are, they won't be as bad as the conditions that Julian will be held in uh, in the US. Uh, these people charged under the Espionage Act are usually um, isolated. Uh, the uh, the government in the US can say, well, we are afraid that Julian might communicate some classified information to other prisoners, uh, that he might communicate classified information to uh, guards or something like that. Uh, so they, they have uh, the ability to keep him in a very, very severe isolation, uh, limited communication, very, very limited communication with the outside world, something that's called SAMS, is special administrative measures, uh, where uh, prisoners are basically kept uh, in total isolation um, so they can't communicate with other people. Uh, there's also another regime called the Communications Management Unit, which is the, uh, how the drone whistleblower Daniel Hale. Uh, that's what he's been held under, which again is uh, severely limited uh, communication. Uh, all communication is monitored uh, by a, a human FBI agent. So you actually have to book in, if you want to communicate with somebody, you have to actually book in a uh, an FBI agent who uh, listens in live uh, to your conversation. Mm. So these are the sort of um, conditions that Julian faces uh, if, if extradited to the USA. And those are the conditions that a judge at the magistrate level in the UK found would lead him to uh, take his own life, which is why his extradition was uh, rejected at the, at the lower court level. Uh, they found that these oppressive pr prison conditions, uh, given Julian's fragile health, would likely lead uh, to his death. That is uh, just... Awful. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. If people want to continue to follow this case or uh, get involved in the Assange defense, they can go to AssangeDefense.org. That's AssangeDefense.org and also WikiLeaks uh, on their Twitter account and uh, in all their other forms has been doing a pretty good job keeping folks up to date with what's happening as well. Uh, that's, of course, WikiLeaks.org. Uh, Gabriel, I'm sorry we're talking under these circumstances, but hopefully we could chat again soon. Please keep us posted. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.